Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom on a Thursday, January 11th, two days before Michigan's parade, a few days after Michigan won the national championship. So give us a thumbs up on the video. Like the video if you're excited about Michigan's first national title since 1997. Subscribe to the channel. As always, head to the Wolverine.com. Special offer for podcast listeners and viewers. The promo code UM1 gets you two months of premium access for just $1. So all the latest intel are inside the Fort Insider piece just went up uh, via Chris there uh, just before we started recording here. So get all the latest on NIL, player decisions, that that sort of thing. It's that time of year now for Michigan. Uh, so check us out over there. But, fellas, we'll be at a parade in a couple of days. It's uh, it's It's been an amazing time, amazing few weeks. We got a uh, our own float, so watch for us. Uh, right. Looks like the, looks like the Animal House float. You know we're on a budget, but uh, we'll still be there waving to the crowd. No, we won't. We'll be in the we'll be in the freezing down the streets like everybody else. And I remember 1997, guys, and it seems like yesterday. I don't think any of you were even. I guess you were born. You were awfully young, but uh, I remember my my son when he was really young doing the Heisman pose when uh, Charles Woodson went by, and it was cold, and there were a hundred couple hundred thousand people I think out there. So. Not sure how many there will be this time, but Jim Harbaugh insisted upon having a parade, even though it was really cold. It should be a great day, fellas. I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, first off, nice to – I haven't done a podcast from my own office in like three or four weeks, it feels like. So it's a little interesting not being in a hotel room or a hotel ballroom <laughs> or something like that. Just something we're going to have to get used to here uh, as our postseason travels have come to an end. But it has sunk in. You know what? What we saw, what we were able to cover this year, um, the team's accomplishments. I think that a lot of it has to, and, and I know we'll talk about all of it. But Charlie Baker's comments. You see the the rival the rivals are in shambles. Uh, you see, you kind of get back boots on the ground. They already had gear for sale at Metro Airport when I landed last night. So, um, yeah, we're in it now. Uh, it was a long year. It was an arduous year at times, but. Uh, to cover a team that played as well as it did for as long as it did. I mean, that's, that's why we do what we do. So um, good time, good time for, for us at the Wolverine, good time for all of our friends, family, followers, readers, what have you. And uh, nice to be back in my own bed last night though. Yeah. And the way Michigan did it is kind of where I wanted to start uh, with this one, fellas, because Chris, you and I have been kind of on the same wavelength with this really since 2021. And then Anthony jumps on board, and I think he agrees. Like, winning this way, the physical way, uh, with great defense, physicality, a great run game, with tight ends and, and fullbacks. I mean, Max Bredesen, you know, in there for Michigan. And, and you know, so a few years ago, uh, the 2019-2020 National Championship, Joe Burrow throws for 495 yards, five touchdowns. He had 12 touchdown passes in the two college football playoff games. In this college football playoff national championship game, Michigan's first two touchdowns come with an extra offensive lineman. I think the last one did as well, El Hadi in there. Uh, you know, J.J. McCarthy completes 10 passes, yet he was as happy as anybody afterwards. Jim Harbaugh is up there holding up the national championship trophy. 
with Sharon Moore and Jesse Minter up there and Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and the, you know, the Trevor Keegan's of the world. And he did it his way, you know, the way that he knows how to win, which I think is, is really impressive. Well, I want to talk about Minter specifically in a second, but, but more so the offense, just the fact that they were able to get this done the way he wants to win, the way that warms the cockles of his heart, as he says, uh, is, is, you know, pretty cool to see. It warms the cockles of my heart too, because I love yeah. man ball and it's amazing. All these sites and these bloggers, you know, oh, it's antiquated and you can't win that way. And I'm like, since when can't you win with outstanding play in the trenches? That's how everybody wins. Even if it's a good passing offense, right? Um, there've been times that Michigan hasn't been prepared for it, but maybe we're lacking an interior defensive lineman or two, like they have this year. They had four, maybe five guys, if we're being honest, that were difference makers uh, as a position group uh, to this team. And uh, I love a great defensive football team. I love winning with defense. And I love that Jim Harbaugh got back to his roots because I think, you know, after the Ohio State debacles, when they were giving up huge points, you know, I think a few people talked him into, okay, we got to change your approach and maybe speed and space. We saw what a disaster that was with Josh Gaddis. Uh, but it gets back down to the, the play in the trenches. He comes back. And I said, you know, Clay gives me crap for doubting uh, Jim Harbaugh in 2020. I said on every radio show, I've gone back and said, I had gone back and said, if, you know what, Jim Harbaugh needs to get back his edge. He needs to be the coach that he was at Stanford and at San Francisco if he's going to succeed here. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, and I give him credit for that, for knowing who he was and how he wins and not apologizing for it. And he's proven that you can win that way. Now, they threw for a ton of yards against Michigan State, and they opened it up against terrible passing defenses when they had to. And they were able to run the ball down Washington's throat for the most for a good portion of that game the way they had the last couple of years. It was great to see. To me, there is no better brand of football than bleeding them to death by running the ball down their throats and watching them be helpless to do anything about it. And then when you are just absolutely dominating on defense too, A.B. and Clay. Um, and getting to Michael Penix, who was you know walking out of there like he'd just been through a war, that was fantastic. And an iron lung, Chris, right? An iron That's lung. That was Anthony's day. quote. That was I laughed my um, ass off. Yeah, I mean, I think what they've proven is that whether you run the triple option or you run the air raid, if you can control the line of scrimmage, you can do whatever you want to any team that you play. And no team was better in the trenches this year. Um, I know Joe, uh, uh, Washington won the Joe Moore Award, but Michigan played its best football when it counted. When the two years where it did win the Joe Moore Award, it didn't play its best football when it counted. And that played a lot of reason into why it didn't go the way they had hoped it would the last few years. But, you know, when you look at this Michigan team, you know, when Jim Harbaugh went back to his roots, right, he got back, he got his edge back, but he also did adapt. He also did change in that, you know, realizing that you needed to be a little more pliable if your opponent is going to zag you need to be able to zig and maybe win games where you throw the ball or defensively, you know, if a team is beating your man coverages, you switch it up and you go to zone coverages. I think there was a lot of, um, there was a little too much bravado maybe in the early stages of the Jim Harbaugh era and not adjusting to the things, especially, you know, when you look at, again, we're not going to Don Brown's not going to catch any strays here, but you know, that that wasn't a pliable defensive scheme. And, you know, the way that Jesse Minter, and really Mike McDonald as the guy that passed the baton to him turn transform this into a defensive system where you can mix up your coverages. You can send unique pressures. You can win up the middle. Cause I think all elite football teams are built up the middle on the offensive line, on the defensive line. Uh, this might be the best defensive tackle rotation we've ever seen at Michigan. 
And two of those most prominent guys, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, they've got at least one more year in them. So that's what leads me to believe. Again, we'll talk about maybe what the future holds in a little bit, but uh, I think it's sustainable because you do have that elite play up front. And that's that's a standard that's been set now. And to me, that's that's kind of the key to all of this. Now, there's a lot of other things that have to go right. 15-0, and 0, I mean, that's not just yeah. domination, which there was a lot of it, but there are lucky bounces that go your way. There are, you know, you're a bounce away. We, we talked about the past a little bit in the podcast I did the other day, but, you know, you're a spot away in 2016 for maybe achieving these goals a lot earlier. So, you know, it just goes to show, um, you know, in an era where greed where money, where skill is maybe at the highest point it's ever been, you know, hard work, a cohesive culture. And again, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of people might groan and roll their eyes at it as coach speak, but the connectiveness, the togetherness, the, the vision that we've seen, not just this year, but setting that foundation in the last two years, it, it's remarkable. And unlike anything I've ever seen at any level of sports. So you can win that way, but at the same time, this was a special group, and it will be hard to sustain, but the foundation has been set here to do that moving forward uh, if certain things come together. But they did it the Harbaugh way, but he had to change too, and he did, and now he's he's a winner. He, he's yeah. got his national championship, which uh, he can sit at the big boys' table now. He changed back. And, Clay, one thing I wanted to say, you know, you talk about the bounces and needing the bounces. The incredible part about this was how few of that they needed because how, how many minutes did they lead for? This season, Clay, I think they didn't lead in what thirty something minutes the entire year. I yeah, mean, it was something was, like that. Yeah, which was and and two of those were you know a kind of a flukish touchdown by Rutgers. You know, they got off to a good start, and uh, Indiana I think had a lead on them too. Got yep. a score in the first in the first, but uh, Alabama was a good portion of that, and yeah, they got some bounces there, but so did Alabama in that game, uh, frankly. So um, to me, you know, everybody, all these rivals fans are saying, well, they didn't. You know, they didn't have to play that elite team, that one elite team. They were the elite team this year, and that's exactly what I wrote in the day after. I'm like, they were that team that you had to get through to win a championship, and nobody could. Yeah, it's too bad Georgia didn't didn't get to uh, – didn't have to play that elite team last year, right? You know, they yeah, won right? Right. the national title because, like you said, they they were that team. Um, and it is, it is funny because you go back to the beginning of the year, we'll talk about later the way-too-early rankings or whatever, but all offseason – coming into this year, it was, well, Michigan doesn't have any question marks and everybody else kind of has that question mark. Alabama, it's quarterback, you know, can they protect him? Washington, you know, people weren't talking them as much about them as much as a national title contender, but you know, their flaw was kind of being able to stop the run, play physical on defense, just their defense in general. Um, you know, Texas, their defensive backfield was the weak spot. They had talent all over the field, except there. You could go on and on with some of these teams. It turns out that the team that really didn't have a glaring weakness won the national title. So it speaks to that. And really, too, you can win with man ball, but you also did need J.J. McCarthy to be uh, a very, very good, great quarterback. I mean, Jim Harbaugh calls him the best in, in Michigan history because I don't think they win the Alabama game if it's not him behind center, you know, leading them down on that game-tying drive. You know, there are other moments throughout the season. Ohio State, I mean, you don't win that game without J.J. McCarthy. So it's not that you didn't need him and, and really all of it together, but the fact that the basis of this team was – the man ball, as we as we say, um, I think is pretty fitting. Uh, but how about Donovan Edwards real quick before we move to the defense? Uh, just doing what he did early in that game. It was almost surreal when he broke the second one. It was kind of the same thing as Ohio State. I know they weren't as, as long, but it was like, you're, you you got to be kidding me. Like, he's he's loose again. The Don. Yeah. 
they played some duo and then they, you know, were more vertically blocking and let these, let, let these um, running backs find those holes after, you know, where are the linebackers and boy, they were out of the play because those Michigan offensive linemen were pushing them around. And really his first run wasn't a great run. He runs into the back of the lineman. If he had been a little more yeah. patient, boom, it would have been there, but I'm not going to sit there and say it wasn't a great run uh, overall because of the result. But the second one I thought was great vision, great blocking. And that was the Donovan Edwards of old. It was great to see the acceleration again that we have seen from him and he's been banged up a, a little bit. You know, he had those two surgeries last year. I talked to Mike Hart about it. I got an article going up about that today, as a matter of fact, about, you know, what he's endured and uh, his potential to come back next year. But, you know, the one, two punch wasn't really there and there was still room for improvement with that offense, fellas. Uh, let's be honest. There was, uh, you know, the receiving group was average. Uh, if we're going to be fair, it just flat out was. And for JJ McCarthy to do what he did and not complain, there were plenty of times he dropped back to pass and maybe he didn't see something downfield, but there were a lot of times too, where there was nothing to see. So, uh, and, and he didn't care. All he cares about is winning and that's what makes him so special. And on top of that guys, uh, I think he's going to get those opportunities in the NFL. It's a passing game now, and you're going to see him flourish in my opinion at the next level, hopefully after next year. And I'm sure we'll talk about that here coming up as well. It was a remarkable uh, performance from him. And again, only six carries, 104 yards, the two touchdowns. But, you know, I'd said all the talk when we did the, the preview of this game, I said, oh, wouldn't be surprised if this looks like one of those 2021 or 2022 Ohio State games. And then you see Donovan Edwards rip off two long touchdowns early in the game. I was like, well, I didn't think that would be what it would, how it would look uh, similar to what they've done to Ohio State. But, you know, he's always been a volume guy. Um, you know, people will history will remember the performance, but uh, when you go back and look at that game, he was the third running back into the game. So, you know, it was Blake Corm, it was Kalel Mullings, and then it was Donovan Edwards. So for him to do what he did with those limited opportunities, I think we've always known it's been there. And we've said too, that, you know, he's, he's the type of guy that, you know, he gets going when you have a, when he has a full head of steam. And I think that if he does come back to Michigan, he's going to get those opportunities to get hot, to get that volume, to have those increased reps. Um, you know, we never quite saw him be, you know, the the flex sort of, you know, slot receiver. Like there was there was all this talk that he was going to be this versatile offensive weapon, and it never quite materialized into that. But listen, I, I said it all year, and again, it's not like he ran for 300 yards and four touchdowns in the title game, but I said the longer that we go without some sort of signature Donovan Edwards moment, I felt like I just had this gut feeling that water was going to find its level and the return to the mean would be pretty violent. And and he picked the perfect time to do it. Uh, set the tone early in that game uh, was the reason that Michigan really things got a little dicey in those middle two quarters, but they were never truly in danger of, of losing that game, maybe in danger of it getting closer than it needed to be. But Michigan won a national title because Donovan Edwards, big game Don, showed up in the biggest game that he's ever played. And, uh, I mean, he's right up with all those other guys, a Michigan legend because of that. Yeah, he does show up in the big game. State title game as a, as a senior. He had three touchdowns at almost 300 yards. Penn State in 2022, Ohio State last year, Penn State this year. There's just something about the big games, and he even talked about it earlier this year in third person. The Don shows up for big games, and, and he did that on, on Monday. Uh, we'll talk about the defense in a second. Before that, we want to remind people that we are brought to you today by ourselves over at the Wolverine Magazine. We have our 148-page 
special national championship commemorative issue, which is on sale for pre-order right now. Features articles reliving every step along the way, columns, analysis, and much more. It's going to have a sweet cover, too. That's being finalized this month. And uh, so you're going to want to get that. Probably get two, I would say, because you get one to read, maybe three. You get one to read, one to maybe frame the cover or something like that, and one to give to a friend. So three, I think, is the correct amount. So go to the WolverineOnDemand.com right now. Order your copy. We already have couple thousand orders in right now we're want to get many thousand more as well so take advantage of that you're going to keep this one forever uh and we're excited to work on this thing Uh, but let's move on to the michigan defense jesse minter just an incredible uh game plan that he was able to put in and then incredible execution by his players everyone was talking about and he talked about this in the locker room after the game too everyone was talking about coming into the week and that game about Michael Penix, those receivers, the offensive line, the time that he has to throw, how he moves in the pocket. But it was the Michigan defense that, you know, and Michigan hadn't faced anything like that, everyone was saying. And they hadn't. But Washington hadn't faced a defense like Michigan's either. 13 drives for Washington, 13 points, which is ridiculous. Uh, One pass play of 20-plus yards after they ranked second in the country with 77 coming into the game. It was a 44-yarder in the fourth quarter. Michigan was already up two scores. They could have hit on a couple earlier in the game but weren't able to do it. But still, I mean, the fact that those were so limited, Michigan kind of sat back a little bit, made him take underneath routes, routes to the sideline, and then the tackling by Michigan to keep them short of the stick so many different times. Mikey Sainer still. Uh, Keon Sab missed one but made a couple. Uh, you know, plenty of other guys rallying to the football. I just thought it was uh, it was an incredible performance. Jesse Minter year two much better than Jesse Minter year one. And that was a pretty good year too. Yeah. Will Johnson's pass uh, tackle yeah. uh, was a, you know, what a what could have been a huge play. It reminded me of the TCU play last year. Right. And uh, when DJ Turner took a bad angle and it turns into a long touchdown and then boom, you get another game. It's crazy. People don't realize, you know, this was a seven point game. They had a big completion uh, down in Michigan territory down by seven with 11 minutes to go, but it was called back on a holding penalty. Thanks to Braden McGregor. Exactly. And everybody's screaming, oh, it's a terrible call. And it's like, you know what? When you grab a guy, you reach out and grab a guy when he's running by you and there's nobody else there, uh, that, that's going to be flagged every time. So um, and so it was, you know, it, as Jesse Minner told us in the locker room, guys, he said, you know, it's great complimentary football when the when the secondary needed the defensive line to step up. They stepped up when the line needed the secondary to step up. They stepped up. So it was it was fantastic. And um, to me. Um, this guy is going to go down as one of the best defensive coordinators in Michigan history, even if this is his last year, two years, two playoff game uh, appearances and one national championship. And uh, I loved his talk after the game about how everybody came up to him asking about Washington's receivers and, oh my God, what are you going to do? And everything else. And he said, nobody was asking me about our guys and how Washington was going to contend with us. And they did one hell of a job. In fact, the two biggest plays that could have been one that was and one that could have been were the result of two of your veterans, Rod Moore and Mikey Sainer, are still not communicating or, or miscommunicating, So, which is completely out of character. It had nothing to do with what Jesse Minner did. So the end result, fellas, is a defense for the ages, one of the best in Michigan history, especially in this day and age, fellas, with wide open football. What they accomplished out there under him was outstanding. I do believe he'll move on. Uh, he wants to be an NFL guy, but he told us he loves Michigan. You know, we'll see what happens. Blue is true love. Celebrate the moment.
Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, we'll see what opportunities come up for him. Uh, He's the type of guy where if it doesn't work out, he won't have any qualms about coming back to Michigan. Mm -hmm. Because if he did, I think that there's a lot left for them to. Again, it's so tough to say run it back now that there's a 12-team playoff. But. A lot of those same guys are coming back, including Will Johnson, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant. So uh, we'll see whether it's Minter or not. Uh, whoever is the defensive coordinator next year has uh, has a pretty good setup. And again, I know there was a lot of talk about, and again, people sort of got on the Washington guys for saying, oh, we beat ourselves, we made mistakes. That's what, that's what every losing locker room in the history of football <laughs> has ever said. Even those years when Michigan, you know, had a few blowout losses to Ohio State, it's, oh, we were a few plays away, et cetera. So leave those guys alone for that. They're competitors. Like that's a tough night for them. Um, They had Michael Penix in absolute hell. I went back and finally watched the game. Hadn't seen it until uh, I was on the plane last night. We, we, there was a a 60 minute cut uh, that Ballas and I caught in the hotel the other day, but finally watching it snap to snap. um, They had him confused. They had him shook. They had him. I mean, he was, he took shots. He wasn't comfortable at all. Um, you know, only sacked him one time, but did enough to just kind of affect him, knock him off his spot. And yeah, I mean, Michigan, we talk about those fortunate bounces. Yeah, there there were a few of those in this game too, in terms of he misses a wide open Romo Dunze down the field. And you know, early on in that game where a tone could have been set where this is going to be a four-quarter heavyweight fight, it still kind of was. But um, yeah, I cannot say enough about, and Jesse Minter, you know, to his credit, he stood there and answered all the questions at media day, like, said, this is a whole different monster. It's unlike something they haven't seen before. And he was right. They hadn't seen a quarterback as good as Michael Penix all year. You can argue that they saw as good a receiving core uh, with Ohio State. But even then, I mean, what those guys were able to do at Washington this year was was incredible. And to be frank, they're better coached than that Ohio State team. Is. So what he was able to do, I mean, just, just doing enough. What do we talk about in the Rose Bowl? Like the key to moving the ball on offense was making those guys on Alabama just think for like a split second too long. And that was going to be the opportunity you you had to make your impact and make plays on this game. And they flipped that to the other side of the ball in this game against Washington, where, you know, just giving Penix something extra to think about at the line of scrimmage was, was an advantage for them. And that's why, you know, they go down as, you know, SP plus has them finishing this season as the best team in the country, which, you decide that on the field anyways, but when the computer and, and the results line up, that's always a nice little middle finger down to the SEC. And, and I'm sorry, I totally forget what metric it was, but there was a, a prominent um, analytics guy on, on social media on Wednesday that said, you know, when you take in all the efficiency numbers and his metric into account, 
this is actually a better national championship team than that 2019 LSU team, which to me is still the best. I think that's the best college football team I've ever seen. Um, hmm. But man, oh man, uh, Michigan was dominant and it started with that defense and, you know, they didn't have to, no, they didn't have to play that offense because they were the best in defense in the country by a wide margin. Uh, yeah. When you look at how the game's played. So kudos to them. Kudos to Jesse Minner. That's, the old adage is defense wins championships, and, and that is 1,000% the case for Michigan. Yeah, he was uh, – you know what? I'd go with Georgia a couple of years ago as one of the best I've ever seen, at least defensively. And one thing I wanted to add was there was one locker room this year that didn't say that they beat themselves, and that was that Michigan State locker room, 49 to nothing. It could have been 70 to nothing, fellas, if we're being honest. I just wanted to point that out. I agree with that. I'm glad you pointed that out as well. Thank you, Clay. If you didn't, I probably would have thought of it instead of myself. But, uh, yeah, I just – the last thing on on Minter and the defense, I thought the one of the calls of the game or plays of the game was when they had that third and goal on Washington's first possession. They motion a guy across the formation. Mikey Sainer still goes with him. Michael Penix checks to the sideline. Their sideline thinks they have man-to-man coverage. They call it in. Turns out it's zone. Keon Sabs waiting for their man-beater route. Breaks it up in the end zone. They kick a field goal. Instead of tying the game and kind of equalizing things there, Michigan holds their lead and Obviously, you know, never gave it up. Uh, but I just thought a, a huge moment when you rewatch that game. And I know people on the broadcast, you know, watching it live, we were watching it in person. Mm-hmm. And we were able to kind of see that a little bit better than us. But that was uh, that was fantastic. Um, and we'll see, obviously, what guys come back. We already know that Junior Colson, Michigan's leading tackler for the last two seasons, 95 tackles this year, <clears throat> will be moving on. He announced today there are probably more decisions coming. There'll probably be one while we're recording this. Uh, that'd be just our luck, but <laughs> he's going Zach Zinter on the offense. No surprise at all, but makes it official declaring for the NFL draft. You know, Keegan will do the same. Blake Corum will do the same. We know those are coming, but some key decisions coming up. So I guess we can, let's start with the biggest one. And that is JJ McCarthy. Chris, you alluded to it earlier, but um, you know, it's kind of odd because everyone assumed that if they won the national championship, it would be, because, you know, he kind of lit it up mm-hmm. and they were able to do that. And that would also rise his stock at the same time. So one, you'd accomplish your biggest goal, what you came here to do. And two, your stock would never be as high. He played well, you know, and maybe not as consistent as he would have liked to. And again, he's as happy as anybody they won. Uh, but it's kind of an interesting spot because they did win the national championship, but he didn't totally light it up. He played well and made some really big plays in the, in the CFP and obviously throughout the season. So it's an interesting spot. And I think if he decided to come back from what we've heard, you know, there's NIL that would, would that would be there for him uh, as well. And I think that could that could play a factor. I don't think it's going to be the primary thing for any of these guys. But the fact that if there is, you know, part of them that wants to return, they know that they're going to be taken care of, which is really important. Yeah, I think it'll be a primary factor for a couple of them that might not have NFL futures like J.J. McCarthy's. Right. If you're somebody's going to give you a bag for a million bucks or half a million bucks and Michigan's not going to match it you got to do what's best for your family at some point too, right? Um, and now Michigan does a great job taking care of its players afterwards, you know, with the Michigan network and getting them jobs and everything else. Look at Antonio Bass working in New York on Wall Street with Dave Pearson, right, as it comes to mind. Antonio Bass could have been a 10-year NFL guy and blows out his knee, and guess what? He's doing just fine. So um, guys like that, Jamar Adams is another one that comes to mind. So uh, there's that to think about, right? But uh, to me – J.J. McCarthy's the big one, and uh, we've got something on him today about what's going on today, uh, and it's kind of a big deal, right? And he's got a decision to make, and you could tell he was torn. 
guys when they came home and everybody was chanting one more year. He goes, how can I leave you guys? And I do think and I do believe that some people in his corner are saying, hey, you've accomplished everything you need to accomplish here. What were his final numbers, by the way, um, in terms of passing yardage, fellas? I want to see that right now because we did something before the season. You know, how many yards will J.J. McCarthy throw for this year? We all weighed in and I don't think he got to three grand, did he? He was nine yards short, uh, 2,991 okay. yards, 22 touchdowns, four picks. In 15 games, right? So, and so I think I picked 2,850, if I'm not mistaken. And everybody's like, oh, and I said, he's still going to have a great year. It was like, you're an idiot. If he has a great year, he's good over 2,850, and they're only going to be playing 11 or 12 games and blah, 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 blah. But it's not just about him. It's about his receivers as well, right, fellas? And I, I know he had Colston Loveland and A.J. Barner had a big game against Michigan State, and uh, but they did not have that elite group of receivers. If he had a Braylon Edwards and a Jason Avant and Steve Breston as his top three guys, then I would have said he's going to be up there around 3,500 and uh, you turn this guy loose. And, and uh, but that just wasn't the case. So, uh, and he still had a great year and he's still going to be a first round pick. If he does decide to go, I would love to see him come back if it's in his best interest only, because as I've said many times, this kid is different. He's special. He comes from a special family. We got to spend a little time on the field with him after the game clay um down to earth parents and just uh it doesn't get any better and i'm gonna miss them man i'm getting choked up just thinking about this group of guys and covering them and how good of kids they are and uh to re represent uh, the alma mater uh is just fantastic i feel like rich eisen you know uh talking about it and the best in the business the goat so but i do think uh they'll see a few more guys leave but i do think some guys will come back i said i think donovan edwards will come back and i think you'll see an outstanding defense next year. Everybody's talking about the big dip that's coming for Michigan football. You guys can, you, they can win a lot of games with great defense, fellas, as we've seen. And this is going to be a great defense again next year. Well, Ohio State fans would have you believe that uh, all the super seniors are leaving. So the run is over, right? <laughs> Not ignoring yeah. the fact that most of this team's, you know, the core of this team is, is either sophomores and juniors. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens with JJ. Uh, I thought that, you know, when you look at his season in general, um, when they needed him to win them football games or when they played teams that had porous pass, um, <clears throat> pass defenses and these teams were gearing up to stop the run, he took advantage of that. It goes back to that pliability we were talking about earlier where, you know, Michigan finally built itself. And, you know, when you look back, and again, I'm not comparing the two guys. I'm just saying, you know, back in 2021, uh, when you look at that Georgia game, Georgia completely took away the run and Cade McNamara wasn't to do, wasn't able to do anything. Now um, it's a little different when Bowling Green is loading the box to stop the run or what have you. But um, I thought that they did a really good job tailoring, tailoring this offense to what JJ does well, uh, given the, you know, that they didn't have, they didn't have the wide receivers that, that Washington or Ohio state had. Um, you know, it's not, to me, it's not a huge deal that the, Again, I don't hold any of that against him. I think when you flip on the film, you see a guy that had limited dropbacks but made the most of them. He was one of the most efficient uh, passers in all of college football. And, you know, I, I can talk myself into this team making another run at it next year if he decides to come back. But I also think, too, that I think the NFL values him a little more than, you know, the draft Knicks on Twitter do. I think that, you know, certainly he could be a first-round pick as early this year, but – you know, the argument could be made that he might be, you know, the second, third, maybe even the first quarterback off the board next year. So a lot for him to weigh. I assume this this draft deadline is on Monday. So I think the decisions are going to come hot and heavy here pretty shortly. But 
that's the most consequential one right now is what your quarterback winds up doing. It is wild. I know he was hurt for most of these games, but the last six games of the year, only one time throwing for more than 150 yards and could be in the first round. And I, I think he, he absolutely could be. And really someone, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think it would be a bad pick if you took him in the first round. Uh, you know, could be second round as well. So you're right, AB. I mean, it's it's a really good and top-heavy draft class for quarterbacks. Next year, he could be the guy, you know, at the number one spot. But um, obviously, you're going to have a revamped offensive line. You're going to have a new receiving core as well. So that's something to consider if you're J.J. McCarthy. But yeah, Junior Colson goes. Zach Zinter goes. More guys will announce one way or the other in the coming days. Carson Barnhart told uh, Chris at the Rose Bowl that he's going to move on. Still watching Trent A. Jones, Drake Nugent, Quinton Johnson, maybe an underrated one in the defensive backfield. Roman Wilson accepted a senior bowl invite, but you know, still can obviously come back. Makari Page has an extra year. Braden McGregor, Jalen Harrell, um, Miles Hinton told me that he's coming back. AJ Barner, also senior bowl guy. Donovan Edwards, we discussed. Rod Moore, I think, is another mm. one that, that could be key. He he played good enough to go and be a high pick at the end of the year, but and I think his stock would rise if he decided to go. And once people watch more film of him, you know, kind of the better moments, but he doesn't have as much on film as maybe some of these other guys because he was hurt earlier on in the year. So that's one to watch. Cause I don't think his stock's going to be that great when he assesses it now, but could rise throughout the process, but I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll make the right decision either way. I do um, want to say Drake Nugent did tell me that he was probably going to declare. Um, okay. So that was, that would be one to watch, but again, they can come back to these guys now with the money cannon that they've got NAL they've reached uh, sure. we talk about that as well. And they can say, look, you got till the 15th to pull out, you know what, this is what we're offering you. Let's run this thing back. And if they get enough guys to, to get in there together, then, you know, who knows for sure. Yeah, Will Johnson says that he thinks they can run it back. Blake Corum said he thinks those guys can run it back. Obviously he's not coming back. If he, did, if he did, <laughs> man, I may put him at the favorite. And speaking of that way too early rankings come out after the national championship game. Rounded up nine different outlets that did them. Michigan comes in with an average of 4.4, uh, but six of the nine had them at four or three. The other three having them at number six. Um, so right there in the mix. It's so early that you don't really know who's coming back for any of these teams in the country. It's so early that they put these out before Nick Saban retired. So, so many moving pieces, but you know, we kind of alluded to it earlier. There's still a lot of talent on this team that's going to be coming back either way and you know especially from a defensive standpoint i think that they're going to have a chance now you're going to have to get some guys to come back have some guys step up and bring some guys in i think from the transfer portal like they did this past year well, what a job when you look back at it going to have to do something similar um but you know they, they've got a real chance of competing again for the national title and you think even with that tough schedule a good shot of being in the 12 team playoff i agree with that and uh especially Again, if you get some of these guys back, uh, you need a quarterback, right? If, if J.J. McCarthy doesn't come back, then you better go out and get one. But I think they will. They've got, again, they've got the money in there to do it now. And um, to me, they can need a receiver as well. Uh, I, I do wonder, though, when I, when I look at some of these guys that transferred out, Andrew Anthony, I wonder what he's thinking today. Would I rather be a national champion or would I rather be, you know, and, and obviously, you know, he could have gotten hurt anywhere. You know, he was being featured a little bit more at Oklahoma, but that was turned out to be a dog shit team. Uh, when it was all said and done, comparatively speaking, uh, what would you rather have? Give me the ring, fellas, and then go on to the NFL and prove yourselves. If you're if you're good enough, then you're going to prove yourself. Look at Nico Collins. 
you know, uh, what he's doing now. Yeah, maybe he didn't get the targets that he thought he was going to get here. But uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is kind of who he was in college. Uh, but look at Ronnie Bell and what he's able to accomplish out there and sticks on a team. And he's going to have a long NFL career. So, you know what, it's not always, always about showcasing yourself. It's about what you can do with a team still. That's what separated a lot of these guys to me on this Michigan football team. They were so selfless. And again, why I'm getting a little bit teary thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, in terms of way too early rankings, uh, we don't even know who's on this team yet next Mm -mm. year. We don't know who's coaching this team yet next year, um, to be frank. So we'll see what happens Um, uh, in terms of those rankings. I haven't even really poured through them yet. But uh, like I said before, I think you can really talk, you know, you can make the case that, you know, if a J.J. McCarthy comes back, if Donovan Edwards comes back, I think um, obviously offensive line is going to look different. I think maybe you have some questions at wide receiver now. Um, with Roman Wilson presumably going to the senior role. Again, none of that stuff is official yet until they officially declare and submit the paperwork uh, on January 15th, but senior bowl. There's been some confusion about the senior bowl too. wanted to bring that up really quick as, as a bit of a, an aside. You cannot commit for the senior bowl and then come back to school after, like once that January 5th deadline hits, you are in the NFL drop because all of that paperwork has to be submitted to the league and the teams. Yep. Uh, the 15th. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. um, so again, I mean, there's a new rule with the senior bowl where they would, they could invite underclassmen, uh, which is, which is a little bit different, but no, you cannot go play in the senior bowl on February 3rd and decide to come back at school. So a um, little bit of an aside there, but important to note, cause I had gotten some questions about it, but they can pull out of the senior bowl, right? Before, yes, the 15th. before January 15th, uh, okay. they have, you know, you commit to the senior bowl and, and get your spot, your mark, but gotcha. you could ultimately pull out and decide because they'll have guys that even the week of the game will decide to not participate due to injuries or whatever. So, and, and as we all know, pulling out sometimes is the best option. So Christopher, no, of, of the senior bowl. Yeah. 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 Or, or to come back to school is what I meant, obviously. Yeah. 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 Come on, man. I, I got nothing for sure. else there. So, yeah. For sure. Um, <laughs> Georgia. A lot of Georgia at number one in these rankings. Some Alabama, that's, again, before Nick Saban retired. I'm surprised that was even the case with everything that they're going to lose on that team. But um, you still had, uh, you know, Michigan, for the most part, the number one team in the Big Ten. Oregon expected to be very good. Ohio State up there as well. Penn State, Washington, kind of in that, you know, 7 to 15 range. But, again, a long way to go. Oregon will retain Dan Lanning, it looks like, uh, not going to Alabama. So uh, we will kind of see what – everybody's rosters look like and what their coaching staffs look like as time moves on here in the off season. Uh, let's talk about our friends over at Lewis jewelers been serving the Ann Arbor and Detroit regions since 1921 Lewis jewelers reputation and continued success stems from our belief that a successful jewelry store is built on integrity, quality customer service and quality products. They are the proud partner of Michigan athletics to ensure every client that walks through their doors or peruses their virtual store is taken care of. They have a non-commissioned trusted advisor team that's always ready to provide professional experience, advice, and expertise. And there's no pressure on you because there's no commission. There's no pressure on them either. There's no commission for them. So they just want to help you out uh, in the most unbiased way possible. They're located in the bustling city limits of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Lewis Jewelers proudly serves the Ann Arbor and surrounding southeastern Michigan communities by providing an exquisite selection of fine jewelry as well as excellent customer service to its residents and visitors. Visit them at their new location, 300 South Maple Road, Ann Arbor, 
or online at lewisjewelers.com. Uh, last couple things real quick. Darius Clemens headed to the transfer portal. Uh, not a huge surprise. Hasn't got a lot of opportunity. Hasn't earned a lot of opportunity in his two years at Michigan. Um, you know, you talk about an average receiving core. Nobody kind of emerged to uh, to bump out some of those guys like a Cornelius Johnson from their spot. And, uh, you know, that's on them. That's also a credit to what those guys have done. You know, you could call it an average receiving core in general, which I agree with. Uh, but those guys still played some good football at times, made some big plays. You know, we're reliable. So Roman Wilson likely to go. Cornelius Johnson out of eligibility. Here are your list of Michigan scholarship receivers. And again, some of these guys could leave too, you know, to you know, a couple places. But Peyton O'Leary, Christian Dixon, Tyler Morris, and then the freshman Kendrick Bell, Carmelo English, Fred Moore, and Samaj Morgan. They're, they've targeted a few guys in the transfer portal. They're going to have to continue to do that because – you need some outside receivers, and I think you just you need some overall more talent there. You do, and I, uh, I really feel bad. Go ahead. Uh, no, I just interrupt real quick. Apparently on Twitter, right as we started recording, Christian Dixon is saying he's playing defense now. Wow. So He um, said he's switching lanes. Well, he did, so yeah, he he did come back. With, I, I don't know, but apparently he's not transferring and he's not playing wide receivers. So hmm. uh, whatever that means. Sorry, continue. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, I think Darius Clemens, it's funny because remember when Jim Harbaugh called that, that um, the freak show of, of receivers, you know, Amarian Walker, Darius Clemens and Tyler Morris, Tyler Morris is really the one that's had the most success. And we'd heard unbelievable things about these guys, but when it comes down to it, guys, uh, Clemens, you know, was banged up quite a bit, missed a lot of practice we heard. And if you want to play, you better be out there, right. Competing. And I think he, it just didn't work out for whatever reason. It's unfortunate. It wouldn't stun me. Would it stun you if Amorian Walker moved back to wide receiver? And uh, well, they you know, need I corners too. They do need corners too. So um, you got Will Johnson and uh, man, what a job Josh Wallace did too. You know, you can always go out and find the next Josh Wallace if you're lucky. But yeah, so we'll see how it plays out. Like you said, when it comes to the knowing what this team's going to be next year, we don't know uh, who's going to be on this team. So, but um, whatever, guys. You know what? I'm not concerned about it at this point. I'm just still kind of basking in the glow of this championship. We still got a parade. We still got a, a celebration to cover at Chrysler Center on Saturday night. And we got Michigan basketball. So we yeah. are all good. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Just a discernible groan for me on the, <laughs> the Michigan basketball, which we'll talk yeah. about that in a second. Um, yeah. Clemens, you know, that's a guy that I think a lot of the, and again, it's always possible that he could maybe back out of the portal and come back to Michigan. I don't know if, what if that'll be the case or not, but you know, for it me, it, it won't be probably, but for me, you know, I think a lot of his issues stemmed around the difference between being hurt and being injured. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to get those bumps and bruises in college football and oh, they even were not so subtle about it. when We talked in fall camp saying that, you know, they, he needed to practice more. They needed to see, more from him uh, to give him that, give him that trust and give him those opportunities. And uh, ultimately he was just a bit player this year. So uh, it's, it's disappointing. You know, he was a four-star guy and a pretty big ad um, in that recruiting cycle right before, or right after they beat Ohio state in 2021, they had that little run where they got, you know, Derek Moore and Zeke Barry and, and Keon Saab, but that's college football. You know, these guys are all lotto tickets. Uh, you put them all in the room, you develop them and you see who, who emerges from it. And, you know, out of that young wide receiver room, you know, you have a promising guy in Tyler Morris, you have, um, 
you have Samaj Morgan. We know they like Frederick Moore a lot. So it's just uh, it's all about opportunity. I uh, wish him well. I think they need to probably they need to probably add someone. Uh, seeing Jamal Banks go to Nebraska was a little bit of a bummer. That was a guy that you thought had a pretty good shot of winding up in Michigan, but uh, some work to do there. Um, so we'll see what happens. You wish him nothing but the best. Yep, it is funny that this offense, especially if JJ goes and Blake will be gone. I mean, you know, it's going to look really different. You still have talent, especially the offensive line is going to be revamped. The receiving core that has looked so similar, especially with you just see number six lined up, you know, kind of in his stance out there at the X receiver spot and Corum in the backfield and, you know, Keegan and Zinter and Barnhart and those guys in there. It's going to look different, uh, but you're going to need guys to step up. And as we all mentioned, the transfer portal. Obviously, uh, you know, something that they can hit there as well for some of these positions. So Darius Clemens hitting the road. You know who's not hitting the road? Doug McDaniel. He is suspended for the next six away games of Michigan basketball season. His next road game will be February 29th at Rutgers. He's going to miss Maryland, Purdue, Michigan State, Nebraska, Illinois, and Northwestern, uh, apparently due to an academic issue. Now, Doug's statement on his Instagram story kind of alluded to that he's going to be playing at home. Jawan Howard in his statement, though, says he will dress at home. You would imagine, you know, if he's able to practice before these home games and everything, that they'll play him at home. But, you know, I, it makes sense, Jawan, being a little bit more vague there because he can still make that decision come Monday when they play Ohio State and the rest of the way. But academics, you know, the fact that it got to this point where, you know, this is even, a, a you know, something that could happen is uh you know is pretty wild to me and now you're going to be without really your only ball handler your only consistent ball handler and even he has had turnover issues uh so it's going to be really tough tonight against maryland on the road and the rest of the way because i imagine you know some of these games could get pretty ugly especially purdue michigan state yeah we've already spent more time talking about it than i would have so i will just say it is what it is at this point i don't expect this team to make any tournament this year it's going to be a huge off season one way or another for Michigan basketball, the fact that Doug McDaniel's in this position with all of the academic support that these kids get at Michigan is unacceptable. I'll go a little bit longer on it to say that uh, this program's leadership is a joke right now. Uh, I, I think that any conversation about there needing to be a head coaching change, I think probably, I mean, we could have had those conversations probably weeks ago, but the vibes are terrible right now. The culture is bad. They don't like playing together. It's pretty apparent. I don't think these guys like coaching together. Um, you have a player come out and drop a, a statement with a you know a slur in it, essentially that has to be has to be edited at a later date, and that's the first communication on it. Um, given that this is something that's lingered on social media a few weeks ago, so I don't understand the messaging behind it. I don't understand, you know, why a guy you know, why not just make it a six? I, I don't know the ins and outs of it. I know that from an academic perspective, they try to make it a teaching moment as opposed to a punitive measure, but this team was already in a bad, bad way. Um, I assume that they'll lose the game at Maryland tonight. I mean, you can't assume that, but they have no guard depth and they weren't playing well anyway. So again, um, every day we move closer and closer to this thing cratering. And just when you think it can't get any worse or any more embarrassing, it does. And uh, that's a bad place to be. And I know there's a lot of jokes about, oh, we had to sacrifice basketball in order for Michigan football to, to be good. I mean, this is just a joke, all of it right now. And uh, 
again, I mean, we're going to pay attention to it. We're going to cover it because that's what we do. But if you're a Michigan fan that completely checks out of it until whatever iteration of the next era of Michigan basketball takes, I can't say I blame you for it because it's just one thing after another. And uh, it, it's a rudderless ship at the moment. And that's where I'll end it. Yep. And uh, it made no sense to me that Phil Martelli was the coach in Philadelphia, even though, you know, it's a game you had to have. And, and, you know, Jawan Howard pulls that move, which is a cool moment for Phil Martelli, but it's not like he wasn't going to be at the game if he wasn't the head coach either way. So that was another head scratcher as well. But I imagine in these road games, probably Jalen Llewellyn starts along with Namari Burnett in the backcourt. We see more George Washington. I'm not sure how long Luella can really hold up, you know, with his knee, he doesn't look fully, fully healthy at this point. And George Washington, hasn't really looked all that serviceable either in the the moments he's got in. It's been even more telling that he hasn't been able to earn more time on the floor. So uh, Michigan at Maryland tonight, then Martin Luther King Day uh, against Ohio State at Chrysler. But if you see us at the parade on Saturday or the Chrysler event Saturday night, please say hello. Um, got to meet a bunch of different Michigan fans in Houston and uh, in Los Angeles as well. Yeah, please give us that. We'll, we'll be we'll be doing the uh, the Royal Wave. Um, say float. hi to us. It was great to meet a bunch of people on the road over the last couple of weeks in this incredible run and back to Indy, uh, you know, doing a meetup there. So thank you to everybody for doing that and saying hello. Like the video on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out the WolverineOnDemand.com for our special commemorative issue of the magazine commemorating that national championship, as well as head to the Wolverine.com. Promo code UM1 gets you two months of premium access for just one dollar. We'll see everyone next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.